Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate, from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate. Buyers agency agreements. Do you know what they are and are you using them? Uh, today we're going to talk about what's a buyer's agency agreement, why they're so important, and how to present them to your clients. So what is up, everybody? It's Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar located here. Actually, I always say Cleveland, but I'm in Twinsburg, Ohio, which if you're not from the area, Twinsburg is um, a kind of a unique town. They have an event it's kind of a weird thing to be famous for, but every year they have Twins Days where it's the largest gathering of twins, triplets, quadruplets, et cetera. Uh, and that's their thing. That's what Twinsburg is known for. Uh, unfortunately, they're not so much known for me living here, uh, but we're a team. I run the 21 Mike team. Uh, we're currently the top team for Century 21 in the country. We are on pace to do around 500 transactions again this year, which I'm really proud of guys, because I know you're out there, uh, most of you are agents listening in, and we're down, you know, overall transactions are down about 15% nationally uh, average in, in, in our area as well. You know, you see a lot of agents struggling. And so, you know, hopefully you're figuring out how to bridge that gap, how to get your business back up, how to stay in the business. Well, that's one of the things we want to talk about today is I think buyer's agency agreements are going to become essential. In fact, they may be required at some point. Uh, I think they should be just like a listing agreement. You know, you have to sign an agreement to work with a seller. Why wouldn't you sign an agreement to work with your buyers? I know a lot of agents, a lot of you and high five, all of you who are doing it are already using buyer's agreements. You know, you'd be crazy to not use them. So I'm going to lead with that. Hopefully you guys hang on here and uh, pick up what I'm putting down regarding buyer's agreements. If you need to get a hold of me, it's real simple, mike at 21mike.com. Uh, broker owner Tony Geraci joins us whenever he can. Uh, I think he's delayed today, so we'll, we'll see if he hops on. Otherwise, I'm going to give you my thoughts on buyer's agreements. I also mentioned in the warm-up here that there's this big class action lawsuit, several of them going on nationally, where sellers have gotten together and formed these class action lawsuits challenging the big companies and NAR. So anywhere, formerly Realogy, Keller, Remax, everybody has been named in these big lawsuits and they're coming after the way we do business. They're essentially saying, you guys are breaking antitrust laws. You're misleading us and twisting our arms into paying these exorbitant commissions. And why the heck does a seller pay the buyer's commission? And that is the big reason for buyer's agreements becoming so important. Join us next week and we'll talk about all those lawsuits and what's going on. And we'll try to give you some thoughts on how to prepare yourselves for what may be coming. And I see Tony joining now. I know he'll be glad to know that I am about to give the disclaimer. You know, we are not attorneys, we're brokers, and we're going to give you our thoughts and our best practices. Uh, even the articles that I've been reading, uh, T360 is a great company, kind of akin to Inman. Uh, you know, they, they put out a lot of real estate content right in their articles. And if you click the link to join this, I can send you guys the link to the to the latest T360 article. They say right in the article, look, we are not attorneys. We're not giving you legal advice, but these are some thoughts we have about how to prepare yourselves for what's coming down. 
today, though, uh, Tony, welcome. Let's uh, let's talk about buyer's agency agreements real quick. If you want to get a hold of Tony and talk about Homestar, it's 216-374-1269. All right, let's do this. Okay, you guys ready? Buyer's agency agreement. Like I said, you have an agreement with a seller. Why not a buyer? So, Tony, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Can you please explain what a buyer's agency agreement is? Uh, well, the way I I express it and, and train agents is that it's a mutual agreement that hey we're going to work together and I'm going to, as an agent I'm gonna I'm gonna put your best interest first I'm going to know and trust that I'm gonna put all my effort not for free so to say I'm that we have an investment of time with each other knowing that I'm going to show you as many houses until you find the house of that you like you can't guarantee you'll find your house but when you do you will use me to buy that house and this is the other catches and make sure I get the compensation or minimum compensation somehow either from the seller or the buyer or combination for my time and effort and and help from start to finish uh if that makes some yep. good sense easy and- And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, you want to hang on because I'm going to give you my scripts. I'm going to tell you my secrets on how I present these, and I'm going to give you the best one right off the bat. Okay. The number one tip that I have for you is if you have someone who's resisting this, first of all, maybe you don't want to work with them, but that's an aside. I would look them in the eye and say, look, I'm not looking to hold your feet to the fire and put you in a contract that neither one of us wants to be in. I will write right on this agreement that you can cancel it. I can cancel it. This agreement can be terminated if either one of us aren't happy with how things are going and put it in writing. Okay, that is is the home run on how to get someone to, to accept it. It's with listing agreements, it's the same kind of thing. You know, they look at it and say, what, I've got to sign up with you for six months or a year, whatever it is. If someone's that uncomfortable with that kind of agreement, let them know that you will cancel it at any time. Now, that, that's the end game. I don't lead with that. I want to explain my value first and explain to people how we get paid. Because Tony, wouldn't you agree with the statement I'm about to make? And then go ahead and comment on this. Wouldn't you agree that many of the people out there who are not in our business don't understand how we get paid? Exactly. They really don't. They don't know that we're commission only. And uh, a lot of agents, uh, and even if you say this to them almost every time you see them, I'm investing my time in you for free in hopes that we find, you know, uh, get you what you want. Um, They don't put they, a lot of times they don't put two and two together. That's why I always tell agents when they go have someone that not under a contract go somewhere else. It just a lot of them they're not bad people. They just don't realize that you know you spent like months and, and uh, weeks and gas with parties and uh, to help them find a house and they just they just don't know or they think you make so much money somewhere else <laughs> that it's not a big deal to you. Yes. So num- so uh, another great tip is explain to people how we get paid. It's really, really important, okay, because they don't understand it. They don't understand that we put in hours, gas in our tanks, we pay dues up front. We are literally paying out expenses in hopes that we get paid later. Now, one thing you said, Tony, you used the F word, and it's not the F word you guys are thinking of. Don't, you know, keep your minds out of the gutter. It's the free word. I was reading an article that said, stop saying free. 
because back in the day, this is really important, guys. Write this down. Seriously, I, I see Kelly writing it down. So you get a gold star. Uh, stop saying the word free. Okay, it's one of the things that is causing some misunderstandings in the business. So when buyers agents say, look, I work for you and it's free, it really isn't. Okay, now they haven't come down and said that they're going to start uh, crucifying agents who say free and it's an ethics violation. They're not saying that yet. But the problem is that it really isn't free, that a lot of us have some kind of broker fees. You know, each brokerage may have a specific fee that the buyer pays per transaction. Also, with the buyer's agreement, part of their promise is that if the seller doesn't pay you or doesn't pay you enough to meet your minimum, that they are going to pay for those services. So stop saying the word free. That's tip home run number two for today. Tony, have, have you heard that? Oh yeah, definitely. When you get to that, like my thing was talking about, if you if you know you never find a house, what it technically was free, you're not going to charge your buyer. But of course, yes, there are. I'm going to make a commission. There are charges when you when you find the house you want. But yeah, no, I I, I I've heard that before. The, the free thing uh, before uh, a lot, and I agree with you on that. When you get to the offer, you you can't say I'm doing this for free. You know, you're getting compensation, but where is it coming from? And being, uh, you know, we and I think you agree, we like to be transparent on that. So. Part of the problem with the class action lawsuits is a lack of transparency. So again, teaser for next week. We'll, we'll really get in the weeds on that next week. And again, not legal advice, but uh, tune, definitely tune in next week for that. So let's, let's get back on buyer's agreements. And I think Tony hit it on the head. There's two parts to it. First is the promise that we're going to work together. Just like when you list a home for someone, they're promising, you're my listing agent. So why shouldn't buyers be the same? They are. It's our promise that we are going to work together. We're going to work together. And oh, by the way, here's how I get paid. And that's the second part of it. And I think this is where agents stumble. They don't have a problem saying, hey, Tony, I'm your agent, right? And we shake hands. Yeah, Mike, you're my guy. We're going to work together. Super. Let's fill out this agreement together. What agreement? Well, here it is. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team real estate agent serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number one team for Century 21 in the entire U.S., contact Mike via email at mike at 21mike.com. And the part about getting paid, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable to talk about. So here's my advice to you. This is gold tip number three. Practice on your friends. Practice on your current clients. If you're not using these right now, practice on them. Hey, Tony, we've been working together for six months. We've, you, you've seen how hard I've worked. I've showed you probably 300 houses. We've made 20 offers. None of them got accepted. I have a new policy. My team has a new policy. My broker has a new policy. Uh, you, you and I are going to work together. Here's an agreement that I'm going to fill out. And you explain the working together part, and then you explain the compensation part. I see we have a comment. Um, Andy is saying that actually using the word free is now in the uh, uh, code of ethics that we're not allowed to say that. So 
we actually work the opposite of free. We invest money before we get paid. And that's that's what Tony was saying, right? Right. You invest your time. So yeah, instead of using the word free, invest your time in all of that. But to add what you were just saying too, I mean, I have another twist on it. Sometimes is to explain to agents that they can say that when you, because everybody likes to feel special, is that, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, you, you, you know, you're one of my most important clients that I have. You're not my only client, but when someone that signs this contract and, and giving their faith and they're going to give me their trust and, and give me this commitment to me, uh, you are on head of the list. So when I have three people calling me say, I want to see houses tomorrow morning, and one of them has uh, signed and put the commitment in writing to me, they're going to get first uh, of my time. And I would love you to be on that VIP type list of that uh, of that, but also I always tell agents you got to dance on that line because then you you don't want to give them the open up that like wow there's people that don't sign it, <laughs> so you kind of have to word that script in a good way. Yes, so I love the VIP script. We use that one. And number two, Tony, you led right into what I wanted to talk about. I'll ask agents. I'll say, hey, do you use buyers agreements? And the worst answer in the world, even worse than no, is sometimes. Don't use them sometimes because now what are you doing? You're treating people differently. Oh, well, you know, people in a certain price range, you use them. If it's too low, then you're going to use a buyer's agreement or, you know, and then that leads into, well, geez, are you only using a certain uh, nationality or a certain, you know, race or whatever, or people from a certain city? sometimes is the worst answer in the world, guys. Do it or don't do it. And the right answer is do it. Right, Tony? I mean, fair housing. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, also, it, it you could use, uh, explain it, it helps protect you against annoying uh, other agents. Because if you're not under a buyer agreement, any agent could keep calling on you and trying to get you to use them. But as soon as you, it's just like a stop, don't pass go, or you can't call me anymore, kind of like a listing agreement. I'm under a buyer agreement. Here's my agent here. You can even show them the, you know, show them, but you, at least you let them know and they should, at our court of ethics, stop calling you. So you could use that in part of your uh, script too. Yeah, I love that. I hadn't thought of that one, Tony. That's a good one. So let's kind of roll into how to talk about the compensation part now. And again, transparency is going to be key with what is potentially coming down the pike with these with these lawsuits. So here's how I present it. We got past the first part. Hey, we we like each other. We're working together. Now let's talk about compensation. What I usually like to lead with is that what happens most of the time, guys, you're all agents, you know what happens in your MLS, it says how much you get paid for selling a particular house. Now, again, teaser to next week, that might be changing. That's not going to happen overnight. But this is why the buyer's agreements are so important. What if you've spent six months, like I did with Tony showing you 500 houses, and I wrote 100 offers, right, Tony? And, uh, and then, and then, all of a sudden you finally find that that house and it's a $500,000 house. And I'm thinking, oh, I finally get paid. And commission being offered is a flat fee of $2,500. Now what? Do I want to have that awkward conversation with Tony at that time saying, hey, Tony, this one's only paying $2,500. That doesn't even pay for my gas money. You know, can you throw me a few extra bucks if I had used this buyer's agreement? So what I usually say is I say, look, you know that I, you know, I've explained to you how I get paid. 
most listings that are in the MLS are offering a compensation. They're offering a commission. And I have a minimum commission. And it can be a flat fee. It could be the greater of a flat fee or a percentage. And most of the time, that is paid by the seller currently. However, there are some instances where that compensation doesn't cover my minimum. And in those cases, you'd be responsible to make up the difference. Do you have any questions? And I might even give them an, an example. Or I, I like to say sometimes uh, explain, uh, you just have to make sure I get this minimum, which kind of adds on that it could ask the seller to pay that difference too, that they're not required to pay. You're just required to make sure I get that compensation. Does that make sense, Mike? Exactly. That's the next part. So then they say, this is the fear part, right? So, th so the fear part is that agents are like, oh, well, if I tell my clients, if I tell my clients that they might have to pay thousands of dollars to me, won't they just work with someone else? Well, I think the next best way to explain that, of course, is to talk about getting the seller to pay it anyway in the form of closing costs, you know, in the form of a negotiation that happens when we're writing offers. Look, Mr. or Mrs. Client, I will do my best to make sure that the seller pays my commission, even if they're offering something lower, but there's still going to be those rare instances where they don't, and you will have to kick in a portion of it. Uh, but definitely letting them know that you're going to fight to try to get the seller to pay it regardless of what's offered in the MLS is another great strategy. Tony, I can tell you from experience that we work with a lot of investors and they're looking at $50,000 homes, $30,000 homes. And I tell them right up front, we have a minimum commission. You know, after I've sold them on working with me and how knowledgeable we are, and my teammate is going to run around and look at houses and do all this stuff for you. Can you understand that's a lot of work? And if the commission's only say 500 bucks, that, that's not enough to pay us for our time. So that's why we have a commission, a minimum commission of say $2,000. If we have, and I'll even sometimes say it like this, a cheapskate seller who's only offering $500, I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, in a private moment, I might say that. If they're only offering a small flat fee, say $500, that means that you would have to kick in $1,500 to pay my minimum commission. Now, keep in mind, we can just reduce your offer by that amount, or we can ask the seller to pay some costs. Now, of course, they might say, well, doesn't that weaken my offer? Absolutely, guys. But the alternative is to not have that and then do all that work and get paid a $500 flat fee after all that work. And one other thing, I'll, I'll, and I'll put my disclaimer on this, uh, that this is my uh, legal opinion, my negotiations, and me alone on this is that sometimes when we ask, I, uh, I'm coaching agents to help negotiate their offer to in the best light for their buyers, sometimes sellers and listing agents, when you ask like, well, you're only offering you know 2% and I want another 1%, they, we don't even have that discussion on that because they're worried about the offer. They just ask the buyer, the seller to pay closing costs. Hypothetically, that extra 1% is $2,500. I go to our buyer and I say, say explain to your buyer, listen, all costs that you have are considered closing costs. You My fees, your title fees, your mortgage fees, those are costs. It's going to go into one big pool of, of fees and costs at closing. Part of that is going to be 2500 for me because of my minimum, 
but we're going to ask the seller to pay 2,500 of closing costs, which is going to credit you. So your seller, the seller is not going to hear you're paying me. Technically, you're not really paying me. It's just say you're, all your closing costs are five thousand dollars. Just run up a number, and you get 2,500. 2,500 does that's me. So it's it's just crediting you. Does it go to line item to line item? No. It just goes a credit from the seller towards that, which part of that is my fee. And we're going to sell it to the seller is this. So they don't think that you're get, you're paying me directly and they shouldn't pay it. If that makes sense, that's me alone. No one has to agree with it <laughs> on that. Yeah. I mean, Tony, we're just talking about scripts here, ways we've been successful in, in explaining this to our buyers. Guys, the alternative is to not do this. And when it comes time to get paid, you might not get paid. Now, I, I hear agents say, yeah, but Mike, uh, what if they say, well, other agents haven't had a minimum? I, and I hate to sound snotty, but then maybe they should go work with that other agent. Now, that's not what I say, but you have to ask yourself, is this a client you want to work with then? Do they value your time? Do they value your service? And most importantly, have you expressed your value to them? If they think you're just like every other agent out there, I don't blame them. But you have to prove to them, show them that what your value is, that you're making yourself accessible. And again, the whole transparency of explaining how we get paid. We don't get paid a salary typically. We don't get paid hourly. We only get paid when a transaction closes. So I think it's important to express that value and understand the, the alternative. If you're afraid that they're going to say, well, then fine, I'm just going to go work with someone else. I think your answer is okay. And to answer that question, um, uh, Kelly, how do we get paid from closing costs? Any cost is a closing cost. So like at closing to a seller, the commission in there, that's closing costs. It's just line items of all of their costs to close. Same with buyer. On a buyer side, what you're going to see, I'm not, uh, you know, from 30 years of experience, I'm somewhat not a, a, an expert on title, but very knowledgeable on title work and closing statements. So the buyer is going to see a charge, just like if you if your company has a minimum commission or some type of fee to the buyer, it's just going to have a charge of, say, the example, $2,500 to the buyer charge to your company. And on the seller side of things, they're going to show a credit to your buyer for all total closing costs, title fees, your fee, uh, mortgage fees, everything. So closing costs, when a seller gives you a credit, uh, it goes, it's an, it's an in general credit, doesn't pay specific line items. It's just a credit uh, for everything. And that's why another reason, sorry, mics are taking long on this. I kind of have a pet peeve when agents go seller to pay all buyers closing costs. It, it just, and not to go into a different topic, that opens up uh, a headache because you, you didn't specify how much is their closing costs. And all of a sudden sellers get the closing. So you got to specify exactly how much the seller is, my opinion, of what the yeah. seller is paying, if that makes some yeah. sense. And then the whole conversation about, well, what constitutes a closing cost? Like we just said, your buyer agent commission could be construed as a closing cost. It's just something that ends up as a line item on the statement. Now to take this to an extreme example and to kind of hammer this point home, I, I think hopefully you guys got some good ideas today, but to hammer this point home, what would you do if the compensation for the house that your buyer bought 
was $0 or a dollar. Currently, the MLS just says you have to offer compensation to be in our club. To be in our MLS, you have to offer compensation. That compensation can be $1. So what are you going to do when that happens? Or if the rules change and now we don't have to offer compensation in the MLS, are you going to do all that work and be one of those agents who isn't using buyer's agreements? And then, and then when they go under contract or when they're writing the offer, are you going to have that awkward conversation where you say, gee, Tony, you know, this listing is only offering a dollar commission. I need you to pay me. Well, wait a minute, Mike, you didn't tell me that. When's a better time to have that conversation when they want to write an offer on the house that they finally found after six months or at the beginning of the relationship? I rest my case, Your Honor. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys, I, I appreciate you all being here. Stay tuned next week. We're going to get a little bit more in the weeds with the lawsuits, explain to you guys what's going on. And, and then this will really uh, kind of uh, form in your head why these buyer's agreements are so important, especially given the changes that might happen. Uh, don't forget, go to 21mike.com. If you want to schedule an appointment with me, there's a button right at the top. Uh, and of course, you know, email me, mike at 21mike.com. Uh, if you have questions about Homestore, Homestar or want to talk to Tony more in depth about uh, what's happening in the industry and how to use buyer's agreements, hit him up, 216-374-1269. That's great. Thanks. I'm always open. I love, you know, talking about this, explaining and coaching. And, you know, I always like giving my opinion. <laughs> we know. Awesome, Tony. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed free beer and real estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.